Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. Good day. Nice to see each of you. If, uh, if you're here in the Western Hemisphere, I hope you got a good night's rest. And if you're on the East Coast or got up early enough on the West Coast for the early sit, hope that was nourishing for you. And if you're in the Eastern Hemisphere, I hope you had a good day. Guessing it's the end of your day now. Yeah, yeah. So in this practice, as with um, really any art form, there are certain guidelines that we follow, certain techniques and forms that we use uh, to learn how to work with the medium. So if you're an artist, if you're a painter or a sculptor or a musician, you, uh, you play scales, you do exercises uh, to learn, to learn how things relate. If you work with wood or clay, you need to learn the different uh, textures and hardness and moisture levels of the substance and how the way you interact with the substance, whether you're using a, a chisel or a saw or your hands, um, how it affects it. Once you learn the rules and the techniques and the forms, then you start to play. You start to experiment. And even as you're learning the rules and the forms, we make mistakes and we learn through that. We find out, oh, if you, you know, if I press too hard here on the, on the wheel, it's gonna make a hole. <laughs> And then, oh, I kind of like the way that one came out. I could do that again. So meditation is similar in the sense that we use forms and techniques to learn how to work with the substance, the material. The substance we're working with, of course, is our own mind and body, our own, our own consciousness and the material form and energies that support it. So I wanna just offer this morning, uh, before we do some meditation together, a few suggestions and pointers on the technique, the form, and also finding your own way and playing with it. <clears throat> so one of the key arcs of the process in meditation is a certain phase in which we're putting things down. And this is the phase of Vipassana practice known as shamatha, calm, abiding, settling, whose goal is samadhi, this um, kind of innate wholeness and stability where things come together 
and the mind feels bright, awake, and collected. So in this phase, we often, we use an anchor most of the time, an anchor, a home base. We choose one aspect of our experience, usually, but not always sensory experience to keep coming back to. So this is the most common instruction we hear in kind of popular secular mindfulness, you know, let go and come back to the breath. Okay, so this is a particular instruction for one phase of the practice. The aim here is collecting the mind. And that, that occurs through this very clear, persistent, genuine intention to simplify to keep putting things down. So whatever comes up, thoughts about the past, plans of the future, different sensations, different emotions, different memories, worries, concerns, problems, questions, insights, our response is the same. Thank you, not now, later. <clears throat> it's through the persistence and the, and the consistency of that intent to put things aside, to let them be, and to keep coming back to one theme that things start to settle and gather. It's helpful, I think, here to use an analogy so that we don't get caught up it is very easy to get the idea that this means we need to push or strain or kind of bear down on things. And I have to focus on my anchor really, really strongly and push everything out. And if thoughts come up, I have to make sure they don't continue. And we get into a struggle. Yeah, we kind of create a war inside with our own mind or body. Why won't I stop thinking about this? I should stop thinking about this. It's not helpful, of course. So, think, so a few ways to think about this that can help us get a feel for this process of settling in and simplifying, think about doing something you really enjoy. Taking a walk, cooking, playing music, listening to music, you know, cleaning your house. Well, what do you get off on? <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you enjoy doing where you're able to just kind of sink into that activity? Gardening, we don't have to force ourselves to not think to, about other things, right? Why? Because we're interested in what we're doing. We want to be there. And through that natural interest, the other things kind of fade into the background. So this is why choosing an anchor 
that is either comfortable or at the very least neutral is so important. Because it's helpful to want to be there. So for some of us, that'll be the breath. But for many people, the breath is complicated, uncomfortable, stressful. So this is why yesterday I was suggesting you can use other anchors. Very common to use a couple of different areas of sensation in the body, like the sensations of your hands resting in your lap, or if you're reclining, your hands resting on your body. And then another place in the body that you can feel. So some people will use their backside against the chair, or the cushion, maybe your lips touching. And you, you alternate, you move between them. So you'll feel the hands touching. And you might just note touching, touching. And then you feel the lips and you note touching. You kind of just gently, rhythmically move back and forth between those. Another anchor that's very helpful is sound. We talked about this yesterday as well. Just resting your attention with hearing. So the simplifying, the clarity of the intent to just keep coming back and put everything else down. That doesn't mean they go away. It just means they're in the background. So it's like if we were uh, sitting outside in a park, all of us right now, and there were some kids playing over there and there was a truck going by over there and someone mowing their lawn over there and all these kind of different sounds happening. You wouldn't be wasting your time saying, stop, stop lawnmower, stop, stop kids, stop playing, stop making that noise. I need to listen to Orin. You would just focus on what I was saying and let the other things be in the background. Both can exist. You're just giving more attention to our conversation. So in the same way, consider what's happening in your own mind and body, just like lots of different events in the landscape. And you're just getting really interested in this one event, this one conversation with the breath, with sound, with the sensation, genuinely wanting to spend time with it. And when other things intrude and come up, it's just, oh, thanks, later because I'm more interested in being with this and seeing what happens. Okay, so this is some pointers on shamatha practice. The last thing I'll say here is bear in mind this quality, this aspect of mindfulness I was talking about yesterday of the non-conceptual awareness. It's a beginner's mind, it's very fresh, open, curious, interested, humble, kind of attention that says, what if I don't know? What's going to happen next? What is this? And then we get close, we get intimate with this intention to understand rather than to judge or control. The second phase of practice, which is not really chronological, they support each other is vipassana, looking deeply, insight. This is where we pick things up. Everything we've been putting down, we've been putting down, we've been setting aside. Now, when it comes up, we actually engage with it in a conversation. We say, oh, 
who's this that's come to visit? Let me get to know you. What do you have to tell me? And we listen and we observe and we find our way. And then someone else comes to visit and so on. The reason we emphasize the simplicity and the settling before engaging in all of these experiences is we want the mind to be as resourced as possible. We want the mind to be as stable and steady and clear and bright as possible so that we don't get tumbled around and tied in knots and spit out by our mind. So Vipassana practice, we begin to open. We're no longer having an exclusive attention on one thing. We're including more and more sounds, sights, memories, thoughts, sensations. And whatever it is that's, that's naturally in the foreground, we spend time with. In shamatha, we choose what's in the foreground, the anchor. In vipassana, we let go of that and allow things to unfold on their own. And whatever's in the foreground, we, we learn from that. <clears throat> now, the art of the practice, it all sounds simple when we say it. <clears throat> We get in there in our own mind and it's a lot more complicated because here I am spending time with my anchor, just wanting to listen to sounds. And this thought about my sister keeps coming up and I feel so angry and resentful. So sometimes we, we, we adjust. So if something's coming up, that's really strong, that keeps pulling your attention, Maybe you let go of the anchor for a little bit and you just turn towards it. You spend a little time with it. You say, okay, I see you. What is this? Let me feel it for a few moments. Let me acknowledge this. That awareness and presence has the power innately to, to release the intensity of these different energies in the mind and the body. So even as you're kind of in this phase of let's just settle, it's the first morning of the, it's the morning of the first full day or the, or the beginning of the first full day for many of us, there might be times where we actually welcome in whatever's coming if it keeps knocking. Okay, let's do some practice together, just drawing on some of these reflections. So if you're not already, go ahead and find a comfortable posture. Finding a balance in your body between being at ease, feeling relaxed and comfortable on the one hand, and having some energy and vitality on the other, sitting with a quality of dignity and alertness. So often this means bringing some attention into the spine, feeling the alignment of the torso, letting the neck be long, feeling the crown of the head rising up into the sky above you.
And at first, I often find it helpful to not do anything, to just land, arrive in the body, become aware that you're sitting or reclining, and just feel what it's like to be here right now. You might notice the places where your body touches the ground. And see if you can begin to give your weight to the earth, softening, releasing some of the muscles and relaxing down. Remembering this quality of kindness. It's like the air, the atmosphere that we breathe in the practice. Think about your favorite weather. What's the temperature? What's the quality of humidity? And how your body feels when you're in that kind of a climate. And so we're inviting the heart to remember that experience of being regarded with warmth and friendship and acceptance. Again, if you kind of reach for that quality and it's not there, then just think of someone else, person, animal, spiritual figure and invite them to be here with you and imagine them surrounding you with that energy. And we invite the blessing of our teachers, our ancestors, our spiritual friends. And then in your own time, listening for the anchor. Where can you rest your attention? The breath, with the body, with sound. And some of you may even be choosing to do the loving kindness practice as your primary primary practice. And so you rest your attention with the heart and the phrases.
but whatever that home base is, beginning to get interested. So like we're having a conversation and we're starting to lean in a little bit more closely to listen and letting everything else just be in the margins in the background of our awareness. Just taking things one moment at a time. We don't have to get anywhere or make anything happen. Gently putting down thoughts of the past. The past is gone. It's just a memory. Setting aside thoughts of the future. It hasn't arrived yet. It's just a dream, a fantasy.
It's completely normal and natural for the attention to drift, to kind of lose track of things and find yourself lost in some memory or fantasy. That's part of the practice. Now the key is to really appreciate the moment that we wake up. It's like a small miracle. All of a sudden awareness returns. There's a recognition that we've been gone. And in that moment of recognition, we're already aware. We're already awake. So we can smile inside, appreciate the return of awareness. And then get interested again, come back to the anchor, back to home base, to let your attention return there on its own. It's never very far.
So the practice is something that's alive. It's a, a living, changing process. It's not static. <clears throat> so you want to stay awake. You want to use your intelligence and see what's needed. Am I getting sleepy? Do I need to sit up a little straighter? Breathe a little more deeply. Is the mind getting tight? Do you need to loosen or widen the frame of reference a little bit? Are you getting into a struggle, fighting or resisting? Maybe we need to relax the exclusivity of our focus, the sense of putting other things down and just let things come on their own for a little while, not picking or choosing, having a more open attention. And then in our own time, coming back to the simplicity of an anchor. And trust your intuition and your own wisdom as you practice to listen for what's needed and respond. If and when it feels appropriate, you can let the anchor be and open to other experiences. So if there's something that keeps visiting, a sensation in your body, 
a mood or emotion, some nagging thought. At some point, you just turn towards that and say hello. Allow it to live its life without getting involved, without getting lost in it, trying to control it. With a kind and wise attention, like an elder or a grandparent, just regarding this experience with love and curiosity. You find your way, you find your balance with it. Bringing this same intimate attention of mindfulness to the nuances of the experience. See what happens. Does it change? Does it get more or less intense? Does it disappear? Does it turn into something else? Always knowing you can return to the anchor when you need to.
So it's sometimes helpful to remember that this practice is about learning. We're not trying to accomplish something or get something, achieve some special state, but um, when learning is the goal, every meditation period is a success. There's always something to learn. <clears throat> Wanted to offer one or two more pointers on things that come up commonly, particularly the first day of a retreat, whether it's a week-long retreat, a month-long retreat, or just a two-day retreat. Um, so one is sleepiness. Our lives tend to be really busy and packed, and um, sometimes we are just tired <laughs> from all of the stimulation and busyness of our lives. So um, I am a huge fan of naps. <laughs> so if, uh, if you find, you know, you're really tired today, take a break, <laughs> you know, have a lie down for 20 minutes or 30 minutes uh, at some point and give your body some extra rest. That said, during, during the meditation, um, there's a lot we can do to work with sleepiness. It's often... Um, an imbalance in our energy. There's not enough energy physically or mentally. So I mentioned already, you know, sitting up straighter. You can open your eyes, focus on the in-breath, breathe in a little bit more fully. This brings more energy into the body. Um, recall your purpose in doing this retreat, why it's important to you. That can bring more energy into your body and mind. Think about the, um, the reality that none of us know when the conditions of our life will change such that we're not able to practice in this way. You really make use of the time that we have, recognizing the uncertainty and preciousness of it. These are all different tips for bringing more energy in when we're sleepy. Above all else, as I've said, to just be kind, try not to get into a fight with it, to hate the sleepiness, to beat yourself up over it. Sometimes it's okay to let the mind drift a little bit. You kind of go into the sleepiness and try to just stay aware. And sometimes you get a little bit of a kind of rest and then, and then things lift and you kind of come out of it. <clears throat> Another very common thing is pain in the body. We might not be used to sitting still for so long, and it's natural for the back to hurt, the neck to be stiff, the knees to hurt, just strange, uncomfortable sensations coming up out of nowhere. 
And so there's a whole range of strategies and explorations with unpleasant sensations in the body. It's a rich area to learn from. A few pointers that might be helpful. So one is it's okay to move. <laughs> You're not trapped. Um, if you decide to move, do it consciously, slowly, and intentionally. You don't want to get into like, you know, wiggling and shifting every minute. That's not going to support your, your, your mind to settle. But if there's a really uncomfortable sensation that's, you know, persisting, it's okay to adjust your posture. Make a conscious decision to do so and move slowly and intentionally with awareness so that the whole process of moving becomes part of the meditation. You feel what's happening. You can notice how the sensation changes when you move. You experience the relief or the pleasure of its dissipation. And then you come back to stillness. But sometimes just knowing that we can move provides a certain amount of relief. Um, oh, speaking of moving, I forgot, you know, if you're really, really sleepy, you can meditate standing up. It's so hard to fall asleep standing up. Similarly, if there's a lot of pain in the body, you can meditate lying down. Just uh, on the couch, on the floor, on a mat. Uh, gives the body a lot of rest and ease to not have to hold it up. With painful sensations, unpleasant sensations, they're great teachers in meditation because it's very easy to pay attention to them. The mind doesn't wander from pain so readily. So you can observe the sensation itself as an, as an object of the meditation. What's important here is making sure that you're not resisting it and fighting with it too much because that'll burn up all your energy. You'll just end up exhausted. So there needs to be enough willingness and balance in the mind to be with the sensation. You know, if you find that you're just like not wanting it, it's uncomfortable, you're tightening up, that's the time to move because you'll just waste a lot of energy struggling with it. But if there's enough balance in the mind to actually get curious to say, oh, what is this? Let me feel this. Is it tight or hard? Is it burning? Is it twisting? How big is it? How wide is it? Does it have texture? Does it have color? So you can investigate the sensation. You can also become aware of how you're relating to it. So notice, is there fear? Is there anger? Is, there, is the body tightening and resisting? Are you spinning out? And you can observe the relationship with the pain. Sometimes there are waves of resistance that come and settle. And again, as I said, with sleepiness, above all, try to be kind. You can ask yourself, what would be kind here? How can I relate to the sensation with kindness? And that doesn't always mean moving. Sometimes it just means bringing in a quality of gentleness, compassion. Oh, this is hard. This hurts. May I be tender with myself here? So hopefully those pointers are helpful for some of what might come up today. <clears throat>
I wanted to offer a few pointers on the walking. So after this session, some of you will have a small group. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. Others will have a period of, on the schedule, it says walking meditation. So how many people here are new or newer to walking meditation? Okay, great, awesome. This is exciting for me. I love walking meditation. I hated it when I first did it. <laughs> there is hope, <laughs> I promise. Walking meditation is meditating while moving. The, the aim is the same as the sitting meditation to cultivate these qualities of mindfulness, concentration, kindness, a certain stability of mind and clarity. The object of awareness, the anchor in walking are the sensations of your body moving. Now there are different places in the body where you can anchor your attention. And I, I encourage you to experiment because at different times of day, you might find that having a different focus of attention is more supportive. So you might start just feeling the soles of your feet touching the ground. You could also pay attention to just your legs, the lower part of your body, and you feel the legs moving, including the feet, but not only being aware of the feet. Other times you might be aware of your whole body, just like a unit, the whole thing moving through space and you feel the rhythm, the kind of syncopation, how the torso twists, how the shoulders and the arms rotate. Other times you can have an even more open awareness with walking meditation, you're aware of sights, then you can be aware of sounds, then you can be aware of your body. And like that, cycling through sight, sound, body, sight, sound, body. Now, the form of walking meditation, this is different from taking a walk. Taking a walk is great. Um, and you can meditate while taking a walk, but the risk is that we get lost in thought because we're walking around and we're looking at things and the, it's, there's a tendency for the mind to wander and drift. Walking meditation, we use a walking path. So you just choose an area inside, outside, 10, 20 paces, and we pace back and forth. Very boring. That's the point. <laughs> the point is to kind of give the mind a little structure so that it knows I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> the point is to learn how to be more present and awake to life, not to have a special experience. Some of the things that can help you, or that have helped me, I should say, find my way with walking meditation. So one is really emphasizing the beginning and the end of each pass of the path, standing. Feel your body standing and try to touch into some sense of ease. Just stand. You're alive, you're awake, what a gift. Feel the body, be awake. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Ah, there can be this wonderful relief of just all I have to do is be aware and feel the body standing. That's it, you're practicing, you're on the path. 
And then from there, from this deep sense of embodied awareness and ease, allow the body to begin to walk. Get to the end of the path, same thing, stop. Feel the body standing, just this relief, groundedness, feel the earth beneath your feet. When you turn, be aware of the sensations of turning. When you begin to walk, be conscious of that choice as you begin to move. The pace at which you walk is up to you. There's no right pace to walk. Slower isn't necessarily better. Slower isn't necessarily better. My friend uh, and colleague, Greg Scharf says, mindful at any pace, mindful at any speed. So the idea is you wanna choose a pace that helps you stay aware. So sometimes that might be kind of a normal brisk pace. Other times it might be more of an amble. If you're feeling very quiet and still inside, it might be a very slow pace. You choose. It can be helpful to use the tool of mental noting. So as you're walking, depending on the pace that you're going, you just use a very soft, light, mental label to keep the mind connected with the experience of the sensations. So you might say right, left, right, left. Or if you're moving more slowly, it might be lifting, placing, lifting, placing. If you're moving more quickly, it might just be stepping, 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 stepping. Let your mind sink into the actual sensations. We're not thinking about walking, we're walking. One of the best meditation instructions I ever received for walking practice was from uh, spirit rock teacher, Sharda Rogel on my first retreat. She said, drop the word meditation, just walk. Thich Nhat Hanh says, walk like a free person, free from the past, free from the future. He points out the miracle is not to walk on water, it is to walk on the earth, to be awake, to be alive. So have fun with it, explore, enjoy the walking. Now, if you have any kind of physical limitations, um, it hurts to walk, you can't walk for very long, no problem. You can move, just move, sit in a chair and try just lift one hand and then bring it down and then lift the other hand and then bring it down. You can choose any movement that's simple and repetitive and make that your walking meditation, okay? And the same, all of the same principles apply. Feel the sensations, go at a pace that's supportive. Use a light mental note to stay connected to what's happening. Begin by just feeling a sense of groundedness and presence, this ease of being, being alive. Oh, just the body's here, be awake, feel it. And then begin and then take breaks just like you would if you had a walking path. Okay, everyone, that's real sweet to be together. 
So take your time. There's no rush. You're on retreat. One of the best things you can do to support your practice is to slow down. So in a moment, I'll end the meeting. You don't have to rush anywhere. Just sit there for a moment. Let your body get up at its own pace instead of having the mind always directing, now I'm going to go do this, now I'm going to go do that, and kind of dragging the body along like it's slave. Just live from within the moment. And as I've been saying, above all else, try to be kind and gentle with yourself. Okay, friends, take care. See you in a little bit.